This episode of the Butane by ABIC podcast is brought to you by the Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council. Hello and welcome to the Butane by ABIC podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Here, we are strengthening and unifying the industry through representation, innovation and education. This is a platform created and dedicated to the aesthetic and beauty industry, valuing unity and advancement. We serve to represent, support and inspire you by connecting you with industry experts, expanding your knowledge through educational pieces and bringing you the latest industry news. This is Beauté by Avic. I'm your host, Stephanie Miller, and today's guest is Craig Horton Butcher from BHA Media, a Kiwi who grew up in Hong Kong and London, now based in Sydney with family. Craig has launched, relaunched, contributed, commissioned, edited and produced content for some of the world's best known publications and brands, including the likes of GQ.com, Esquire, The Guardian, The Sunday Times Travel Magazine, MSN, Gondelez, Heineken and the Jaguar Land Rover team. He has hands-on experience leading teams and freelance journalists, production and editor talent, along with creating and enacting global editorial visions. Craig has led successful new business pitches for accounts in excess of $3.6 billion and is now the managing director of BHA Media, a subsidiary of Australia's leading B2B media business, publishing some of the leading titles in beauty, hair and aesthetics, such as professional beauty, retail beauty, InStyle and Spa and Clinic magazine. He brings a wealth of knowledge and over 15 years of experience across print, digital, social and broadcast, spanning both commercially minded branded content and straight editorial here to give us an insight into the future of print media for the beauty industry from BHA Media. Today, we welcome Craig Horton Butcher. Welcome to the podcast, Craig. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you doing? Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on board. You are a very special guest indeed. The Managing Director of BHA Media, which publishes Australia's top B2B beauty and aesthetic publications. I know I've certainly read Sparring Clinic and Professional Beauty religiously throughout my career. Um, so it's actually a real treat having you here talking to us today. Oh, it's a real pleasure being here to, to talk with you. And um, I'm really looking forward to you know, getting into the heart of some really important issues in the, uh, in, in the industry. Wonderful. Well, look, before we start talking about all things beauty, Craig, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you actually came to be in this incredible role? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, um, my family's from New Zealand. I grew up in Hong Kong. I went to school and uni and worked in London for, for many years. Um, I trained as a journalist um, by background, uh, working in men's lifestyle and grooming for a long time. Um, and over time, I, I expanded from print um, into social media, running social media for Jaguar globally, um, moving into branded content uh, for brands, and then um, adding to that um, the event space with this uh, this role here in here in Australia. 
Uh, I'm sure that you're completely immersed in the aesthetic universe now and you love it as much as we all do. But was there anything sort of specific, a spark that drew you to the hair and beauty industry right in the early days of your career? Yeah, absolutely. I, I found it so empowering, the opportunity to be creative and to take control of uh, how you present yourself and um, how you experience the world and portray yourself externally. But also the, the way that hair and beauty can really have an empowering effect uh, to um, make you feel good about yourself and, and project yourself and really um, uh, help your interaction with those around you and, and, and your friends and family. And, and um, I, I suppose really it's about empowerment. Now, for professionals of the industry, Sparring Clinic and Professional Beauty magazines are absolutely iconic. Over the years, they've been this real trusted source of information, of connection, and really, most importantly, education. We would love to know some of the history of these legendary publications and the contributions that they and also BHA Media have made to the beauty and aesthetic industry. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely, Stephanie. Look, um, professional beauty has been um, established for only over 25 years. Spa and clinic, um, over 20 years. There's really a real longevity in those titles and a history um, to those titles as a, as a source of information, a, a platform, a community-building place for, for people in the industry to, to come, to learn, um, to um, understand the, the wider context. We've had a whole raft of uh, superb uh, columnist writers on the team um, over, the, over the decades. And bring different points of view, um, different um, expertise, um, and really creating a, a, a space for professionals who, you know, um, who, who love what they do, who um, derive an income from, from this industry, um, and, and to really um, act as an important focus point, an empowering educational tool for, um, for, for professionals. Um, but it, it's also a real source of pride to know um, how important um, the space has been uh, for readers to, to um, learn new things, to share their points of view, whatever their size, you know, smaller practitioners, um, big industry players, um, but also to, you know, um, be a space to bring people together and uh, impact, you know, regulators to also connect with regulators and understand their points of view at all, uh, as well. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's going back over a long period of time, but um, more recently, it's, um, it's been a, a personal source of pride how um, over the last couple of years we've given a voice to um, professionals um, when times have been really challenging over COVID um, and also to inform them of the government support that's available. It's, it's crucial that we're able to play that role to um, you know, let people know how they can survive in the industry so that they're in a position to thrive further down the track. Um, and, you know, we're now in a really great space where um, we're continuing to evolve. Um, we are much more than just print and, and we're able to respond to our readers' needs in, in so many different ways. And um, it's that opportunity to grow and to continue to develop and, and be the best platform we can for, uh, for the industry that really excites me. Now, I remember before social media, um, I used to wait for the publications to come out and absolutely devour them as soon as they did come out. But things have certainly changed over the years, especially with digital, your digital magazines, and in the wake mm. of social media. How has that in particular modified 
the way in which you communicate and interact with your readers and also the industry? It's it's made it so much more multifaceted. I mean, you know, the days of, uh, of, of putting a magazine together, um, slightly cocooned and, and projecting it out to an audience um, who, who rarely had much feedback aside from the letters page. You know, um, it's it's made it, uh, the connection with the audience much more immediate. It's it's made uh, it much more conversational and two way. And I think that's um, been an important role uh, of social media to, to bring that immediacy to bring that right to respond and you know um and what it does is it, it broadens out a, a magazine's viewpoint because we're hearing what our, our readers what our audience um think and and that comes back into the title and, and we can we can we can share those voices um but things have kind of developed and come full circle so that you know it's not just a projecting print um but that um that there was a move sort of you know in, in the mid-noughties where everything went online and you know it was a bit of a wild west for information but i think you know print has has returned in a very strong way as, as an important component of an overall um relationship with our readers and, and also our advertisers um people talk a lot about the you know the real tangible feeling they get from holding a magazine um being present um you know uh, a sort of act of mindfulness that they can sit down read um educate themselves entertain themselves as well and really immerse themselves in something and, and give it their full attention so um we're seeing that you know reversion away from sort of instantaneous social media to um really immersive interaction with, with what we're, we're putting together each uh, issue i absolutely agree everything you've said about social media how that's the immediacy and you get that interaction and you were telling us a couple of reasons why you think print media is still so important to people can you give us a bit more of a deep dive on that connection with the print why is that still important well I, I, it's you know people talk about uh being being short on time and and it's an opportunity for, for long-form content and, and proper analysis and you know a lot of the issues facing the industry are, are not simple they're, they're complex they have a lot of and many points of view um and and the challenges are real and you know you, you can't address those in, in in short um online pieces necessarily you certainly can't do it in um short character uh, tweets um or, or or visual explanations on instagram so um i, I think uh the the role of dedicated time in people's hands um and and also you know we're about creating a positive space um, for you know for community building for our audience and you know quite honestly i think we're all aware that social media isn't always that that safe space that positive supportive space that um it it, it could be in that you know in my view it should be um the the negativity that can be there is not it's not a great place for brands it's not a great place um for, for journalists and you know for us to personally operate in um, we're, we're, we're about positivity and, and empowerment. And when there are serious challenges that we all face, I'm not sure that negativity, um, is, is, is what we all need. Certainly not the last few years. Um, and you know, when I talk about positivity, I don't mean, um, false or, you know, projecting an image of yourself, but it's, it's, it's about genuinely, um, how you're experiencing your day-to-day -day work and uh, the challenges that you face, um, positivity can, you know, can have facets of realism in, in it. It's just um, 
and, and I think print creates that that safe space. But you know, the, the other aspect is that I think what most businesses try and do is to provide a service and provide a, a product, um, a space, um, and a point of view that um, works for for readers. So you know, there are you know a number of our readers who, who don't read the print product, and 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 for that um, they have. Um, the, the online space and for those who want to meet in person we have um, Beauty and Spa Insiders our, our annual event across both spa and clinic and professional beauty um, so you know we, we're about meeting people where they want to be and if that's in print we're, we're, we're always there and, and obviously on, on all the other platforms. No, I really love that. And I love how you've included a human element to it. So let's talk about that human face-to-face interaction for a second. We have been majorly lacking that over the past few years. Do you actually think in-person networking and events are still really vital to our industry in particular? uh, From a personal point of view, absolutely, I believe that. But also from, you know, from from evidence-based, we uh, we just put on an inaugural hair festival for our hair title in Simon Style Icons, the corresponding website. That took place at Carriage Works in Sydney um, in mid-June, and we had 4,300 people through the door across two days. You know, we know people are coming through the doors, um, want to experience each other, um, want to meet with each other, want to learn, want to buy product. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was there, you know, across those two days, the atmosphere was 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 electric and, and people were so excited to be there in person. Now, um, we also know that putting on events and being at events has been challenging, really challenging the last few years. But um, what, what we're seeing now is, you know, behaviours have changed. Certainly um, brands and, and key people in the industry uh, get on board with events very early as soon as we start organizing them we've got some really strong relationships there um which um is is so pleasing um but we also know that um it's challenging for individuals and businesses to commit to coming to events um with any sort of planning ahead you know what we're seeing is that people are, are becoming much more last minute and they go okay it's three days out from the event. I feel good. I'm COVID-free. My business can um, can continue without me here, or um, I have an opportunity to take my team to the event. Um, and and it's really become very immediate like that um, because because certainty um, uh, in this day and age is 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 kind of running quite low on supply. Um, and uh, uh, but people are coming. They're coming in numbers, and and they're really enjoying it. You can see that from our surveys and you know as a wider business um we we put on over 30 different events uh, around australia and in new zealand um and you know we know exactly what's happened to those over the last few years and how they've bounced back and become you know in my view even stronger than uh, even stronger than before wow that's really just warming to hear that they've bounced back so well um and I, I agree with you about the last minute nature of booking in to come to actually see events or to to participate in events but that doesn't seem to be deterring people from showing up you've got you know record numbers of people coming to expos and things like that um and the people that do come they're interacting in a quite excited level that we've never seen before Craig you were talking about 
change and the challenges that we've faced. Our country and for the world that matter is going through some pretty enormous changes. Now I'm asking for your special brand of crystal ball here. Uh, what challenges do you see both nationally and globally really for our industry currently and in the near future? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think, um, you know, we've been very lucky here in Australia the last few years to have weathered COVID, I think, um, better than uh, a number of countries. And, you know, we, we've had some benefits to, to learn from experiences um, around the world. We're not insulated from, from what happens globally. And you only have to look at the price of petrol at the pump to, to understand how interconnected we all are. And, you know, in good times, that's a really positive thing to know how uh, connected we are with the wider world and, and, and shared values. And um, as business owners, it, it gives us a great uh, opportunity to, to broaden our horizons and get our products into, into people's hands and to, you know, to, to succeed. Um, but what that also means is that when, you know, when things have been challenging uh, globally, um, it does impact us here. And I, I think you know, the issues around um, staff shortages are, are very real, um, immigration-based, border control-based. Um, and I don't think those are going to go away anytime soon. Um, there are uh, a number of ways that we as a business are trying to address that and help um, our readers and to help businesses. We've launched a um, job partnership um, where we now have a, a jobs board on uh, professional beauty. Um, that's going really well. Um, we're doing that with an international partner based in Dublin. Um, and, you know, we, we want to empower businesses to, to, to get their job listings onto that. Um, and um, to, to help businesses fill that star shortage. You know, the other way we're trying to address that is um, by um, including some fantastic content, some analysis around how to retain staff, how to attract staff, and, and those, um, those education pieces are, are super important as, as things evolve. The Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council is Australia's peak industry body, representing the collective professional beauty and aesthetic salon, clinic and spa community. Created for the industry, by the industry, our council is a collaboration of industry leaders who bring their commitment and specialised skills to raise industry standards, guide regulation and be a strong voice to government. At ABIC, our purpose is to provide an accessible and supportive organisation for the betterment of the professional beauty and aesthetic field, to enhance working practices and promote unity across the various sectors of the industry. ABIC's mission also includes being a trusted source of referral, education and guidance for clients of the beauty and aesthetic profession. ABIC is here to support our members through an extensive offering, including hundreds of valuable resources, HR support and industry expert facilitators to ensure your continued growth and success. Join us today and together let's safeguard the future of the beauty and aesthetic industry. Find us at www.theabic.org.au. At ABIC, we are here for you. terms of the other challenges we're facing around you know, getting product into the country if it's not manufactured here in Australia, um, you know, that, that is going to continue um, being an issue. And um, as logistics and supply chain issues um, resolve themselves, then that, that should ease. But you know, um, we may see that there's a return to manufacturing here in Australia, and we're already seeing that a little bit, um, where uh, businesses are able to better guarantee that 
they can get their product into their customers' hands in a, in a timely fashion. Um, the, the other challenges are, you know, overcoming psychological impact of COVID and, and getting people to, um, you know, to, to, to visit their salons, to, to visit um, clinics, to, um, you know, reserve in advance, attend, you know, no shows in, in a whole suite of industries have, have, have been an issue because people, you know, people are getting sick. And it's, it's still the case that it's really hard for businesses to plan when they don't know if their staff are going to turn up, if they don't know if customers are going to turn up. Um, and, you know, hopefully over time, as, as fewer people are infected, um, those sort of sickness issues um, become less of a problem. But, um, you know, for, from a business point of view, addressing staff shortages uh, of that nature is about having a really robust um, HR system, about having, um, you know, external HR uh, support. If you're a smaller business, there are, there are certainly a number of businesses that can help in that direction. Um, and uh, it, it's uh, it, it's about also having you know legal financial uh, consultant support if you don't have that internally because you know the, the legal environment changed a lot um, over the course of COVID around you know retaining staff around um, working from home um, and you know of course we, we talk about challenges that COVID's brought but it's also brought a, a huge number of benefits I'm I'm here in London for the next six weeks. Uh, working on time shift um, with with uh, the teams in Sydney and, and, and around Australia and and those sort of benefits that uh, of remote working of, of flexibility the um, the role of um, you know people being able to collect connect their personal life their family with their work life when uh, when possible um, and and you no know, I think people are much more understanding about the working day and about um, how they, you know, work with their colleagues, um, and and the need to to be um, in in office, in salon, um, in in front of people. So um, I don't, you know, we talk about the challenges, which are very real, um, but also there there are real opportunities out there for, for behaviours to change and for actually for for all of us to, you know, enjoy our work and enjoy our setup um, in in new ways. Um, and, and I like to think. Um, that there's a lot of positive change that's possible there. I love hearing your positivity and it's not extreme unthoughtful positivity. It's actually based in, in realism and really dissecting what have we been able to achieve and really get out of this challenging experience that we've all been through. Now, this is a big question. Sparring Clinic and Professional Beauty really hold a substantial responsibility as a trustworthy news and information source for our professionals. And we'd very much like to know, how do you see your role in affecting change for our industry? I think, you know, we're, we're not just a vessel for, for information. I think, you know, we are, you know, we're a meeting point, we're a community. We're, we, we empower individuals and, you know, a lot of our industry is powered by um, small, small business, uh, sole trader businesses, um, uh, people whose livelihoods depend on it. And we feel we have a real um, obligation to, to support our readers and to um, support their interests, to, to help them grow and move forward. Um, I think, you know, it, it's been said, and I don't want to oversimplify, but, you know, information is power. Um, I don't want to get too political, but you, you can look at countries around the world who, who heavily censor uh, the internet, who heavily censor the media. And, you know, um, as someone who grew up in Hong Kong, 
uh, to see what happened has happened there around the media and, and I've worked in the media in Hong Kong doesn't doesn't exist in the in the way that it, it did before and so you know I'm very passionate about um, the role of the media to, um, to to bring truth to power to talk truth to power to um, bring reality um, I talked about positivity and, and negativity and not glossing over the truth and, and, and the truth is important I think you know our journalists, um, of which there are very many around the business, working, you know, extremely hard uh, day, night, and weekend um, to 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 talk truth, to bring information, um, and to empower readers to make choices about, you know, who they spend their money with, about how they structure their business, how they uh, continue to grow. And I think, you know, um, providing information so that our readers can make individual choices. Um, but, you know, let, let's also talk about the role of, you know, advertisers and what we do and um, their, you know, crucial role in supporting uh, what we do in supporting readers. Um, but, you know, businesses that advertise with us and, and, and elsewhere, you know, they've, they've suffered over the last few years in a number of ways. Um, they experience challenges and they need to be able to connect um, and talk to, to readers and to talk to the wider industry and let them know uh, what they're doing, um, what direction they're going and what their values are. Um, and so, you know, uh, recently in professional beauty, we had a, a dedicated sustainability issue, which you know, was a really successful issue. Um, and that's because it allowed you know, brands to talk about the different ways that uh, uh, businesses and individuals can you know, support the environment. They can make choices around products that are more eco-friendly, more sustainable, um, and and we'll continue doing that because I think it's really important that um, that brands' voices are heard. Um, and and yes, of course, there's commercialism involved, um, but you know, um, brands with value, a strong ethos, they they deserve to be given a platform uh, such as ours uh, to. to um, to convey that message um, as much as any individual. And we also empower you know, columnists and individuals to do that as well. There's so many important facets to what you do. You know, you look deeper into what BHA Media does, Sparring Clinic and Professional Beauty, and you actually see the depth of impact that it does have that reverberates through our community. And I know we're all thankful for that. Not only are we, we continuing to, to drive change and provide a platform here in Australia, but um, I'm very excited about a new project we're working on uh, to launch a digital-only website into New Zealand called procollective.co.nz. And, and that's a, a, a digital platform that is going to bring both hair, beauty, and aesthetics industries together in New Zealand. We've, we've already got a strong presence with a number of titles in New Zealand, but you know, we've never really provided the, um, the sort of space um, and information online there that, uh, that Kiwis deserve. Um, and, you know, I still have family and friends over there and it's a place that I care very deeply about. And we've got a great opportunity to um, uh, provide news and analysis and features over there that, that's going to help that industry grow. And <clears throat> they're in a space over there where, you know, they're also... Uh, suffering from COVID, but they're, they're emerging shortly. And I think there's, there's great opportunities for Australian brands um, to, to reach a new um, customer base in New Zealand. And we want to make that possible for them. And, and also we want to ensure that we're sharing learnings here in Australia with New Zealand. And as we do that, you know, we've got a team on building in New Zealand um, who, who are going to bring 
original content to that space and, and their analysis from, from on the ground and share it with their audience on, on Pro Collective. But also, you know, as, as we do that, we're going to build bridges between Australia and New Zealand um, internally. And, and, and what we learn in New Zealand will definitely be bringing to uh, readers and, and brands here in Australia. Our last question. Both Sparring Clinic and Professional Beauty have joined AVIC as foundation members, which is a substantial and generous commitment to our industry. Why did you decide to partner with AVIC and what do you hope to achieve through this monumental partnership? Mm, I'm, so, I'm so personally excited about this relationship and, and the partnership, um, which really is a relationship. As are we. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, uh, uh, we're getting involved because we really want to get um, our information into your members' hands, essentially. We're making it possible for every member of yours to get a, a print subscription for free to either Professional Beauty or Sparring Clinic, and they can get that in their hands. And, you know, as an educational tool, as a learning tool, as a motivating tool, I think it's, it's really important. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm so proud that we're able to, to do that. Um, we're also making it possible for your members to get uh, to, to subscribe to our e-newsletter, Professional Beauty or Sparring Clinic, um, and you know have an immediate source uh, week, weekly for Sparring Clinic, twice weekly for Professional Beauty. And um, the real driving factor here is about, I, I felt very personally that as an industry, we were um, becoming disconnected, more isolated during COVID. Businesses were not interacting with other businesses. They weren't learning. Um, and, you know, I... I, I wanted our business to to reach out to our audience, to reach out to you know the parts of the industry we're not already talking to, um, and and to, um, to to open up. And I think you know um, this partnership with ABIC is is going to make that possible. Um, but also you know it gives us an opportunity for for our editors to to talk directly to your members um, on your platforms, and and for you and your members to. To have a space to have a forum to, to communicate to our readers um and and so it's really just an overriding sense of, of opening up um, being open to learning about being open to convey uh, points of view and, and facts and information um so that you know the industry can can bounce back and and become even stronger in the coming years and, and I'm, I'm certain that um through this partnership we'll, we'll all be able to do that Oh, absolutely. There is strength in unity and there are so many shared interests that we have just listening to you talk. I can name a few initiatives that we're doing that actually would complement your own activations that you're doing with skills shortages, um, with, with the education factor and so much more. And we are looking forward to partnering with you in all of those initiatives and more. Craig, I'd really like to thank you on behalf of the industry for your dedication to its betterment. And we are absolutely thrilled that you have joined AWIC and really working with us for the advancement of the beauty and aesthetic field. And also, let's not forget the elevation of our wonderful and passionate professionals. And of course, Craig, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed talking to you and um, I'm looking forward to, you know, watching the relationship grow and really... Um, uh, supporting supporting these great industries. You've reached the end of another episode of the Beauty by ABIC podcast, your online support community for the aesthetic and beauty industry. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stay connected.